Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibusterfreestyle.com, and just Filibuster Freestyle, the podcast. Last one before I go across the pond this afternoon to Ireland, flying into Dublin, going to be in Ireland for about a week, going to Galway for a big wedding, going to the little known but famous town of Balahadrine, going back to Dublin, going to the Iberian Peninsula. Hopefully some podcasts ensue. We'll see. But... One last thing before I leave. One last thing before the 4th of July. Going to talk a little bit more World Cup. World Cup semifinal preview. But first, due to drive Dodge station wagons. What's up with those dudes? Yeah, it's got a Hemi. By the way, I almost got run over by one yesterday when I was out running. My man was trying to jump the gun at a four-way stop, even though I had the right-of-way as a pedestrian in the crosswalk. Set the record straight. Yes, it's got a Hemi, the Dodge station wagon. Yes, it looks like a muscle car in front, but it's still a station wagon. I just don't understand how like that type A alpha dude is like, yeah, man, I'm gonna buy a station wagon with a Hemi that looks like a Dodge Charger, but it's a station wagon. Unofficial sponsor of the week, probably not Dodge station wagons after that glowing endorsement. Okay, soccer, real quick. Last night I'm watching the Gold Cup which is essentially a North American uh, Federation CONCACAF soccer tournament this summer. I think I was watching uh, Mexico and Costa Rica. In fact, I know I was. I believe Mexico won in PKs, by the way, penalty kicks after a lot of action. But one of the things that's interesting about soccer relative to, say, basketball, in basketball, and I know free throws are more common, but the person who is fouled is the one who has to take the shot. So, for instance... When Shaq used to play, Shaquille O'Neal, they would follow him because they wanted him to shoot free throws because he wasn't as proficient as, say, someone like Ray Allen or Steph Curry, who shoot 89 90% from the line. In soccer, in football, if you will, you know, English football, football, a.k.a. soccer, no matter who gets, pen- gets hit in the penalty area, the team gets to choose who shoots the penalty, who takes the kick. So obviously the guy or gal who does it, the person who does it, is the best person on the team in theory, which means they're most likely to not screw it up, they're most likely to score. And as we all kind of know, unless the goalie guesses exactly right, it's going in, unless the player taking it misses wildly up, right, or left. So wouldn't it be more entertaining if the person who is fouled is the one who has to take the penalty kick? Because then you're going to get a lot more misses. Then it's a lot more automatic, or excuse me, less automatic that it's going to go in. And maybe it becomes a tactic of teams following the wrong guy, etc. I don't know. I was thinking about it last night. Anyway, let's talk about the semifinals of the Women's World Cup. So Italy played the Netherlands yesterday in 93-degree heat. It was 0-0 to halftime. Both teams had wanted to see the game get pushed back later in the day because of how hot it was in France. Um... And apparently I learned during the game that, that UEFA, the European Association, uses the World Cup as Olympic qualifying for the 2020 Tokyo Games. So England is qualified because they're in the semis. They'll play America, USA. And the winner of Italy and Netherlands would qualify. And so, spoiler alert, Netherlands won. They beat Italy 2-0. Get into that more in a quick second. And then obviously the winner of Sweden-Germany also gets an Olympic spot. Sweden won. Huge win for them. We'll get into that. Certainly raises the stakes on these quarterfinal games even more so. I actually thought it was pretty cool. Netherlands looked good in the second half. 69th minute, it was all Dutch, and they finally scored on a set piece. It was a free kick to a perfect header 
over the outstretched arms of the Italian goalkeeper. In the 79th minute, 10 minutes later, another set piece, another free kick to another header. And the Dutch just seemed like they were the better team, and I guess they, they pretty much were. They almost scored a third goal in the ensuing kickoff. Nice save by the Italian keeper. Anyway, Dutch fans. want to give a shout-out to the Dutch fans. They have a Vuvuzela section, you know, those little plastic horns, and they have, like, their dudes playing pop hits, like We Will Rock You, Hey Baby, and uh, Baby Give It Up by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Classic hits, classic sing-alongs for the Dutch fans. So the Dutch are moving on. They're going to the Olympics next year, too. This is their first semifinal in history. They're undefeated in five games this year. Six of their 13 goals in, this world, in the World Cup have been from headers. We learned from Fox host Rob Stone. Now, the Dutch coach played at UNC Chapel Hill with Mia Hamm under legendary coach excuse me, Anson Dorrance. And that gets good to know because the English coach is Phil Neville, and Phil Neville played for Manchester United. So he learned and played under Sir Alex Ferguson, arguably the greatest soccer manager ever. And I'm not saying that Phil Neville has Sir Alex's chops or that the Dutch coach has Anton Durance's chops, but when you spend that kind of time around that kind of coaching excellence, I think the Dutch team and the English team are teams to watch, and if the England versus USA match comes down to tactics, it could be fascinating if Phil Neville is, you know, half the coach and the tactician and lever puller that Sir Alex Ferguson was. A couple more fun facts. Italy hadn't made a World Cup in 20 years. Apparently, there's not a lot of women's pro soccer in Italy, and hopefully that's going to change, get it rolling so the Italians don't have to wait another 20 years to be in the World Cup. Football in general in Europe on the women's side is really starting to pick up. I think UEFA is already the strongest confederation in the world. It's definitely getting stronger at the top. It's also the deepest. And I think it's bad news for teams like the United States because CONCACAF, which the U.S. is in, Canada, Mexico, and a bunch of Caribbean nations for the most part, CONCACAF really, also some Central American nations, excuse me, but it's not that great of a, of, a, of a confederation. And so really it's kind of the U.S. and Mexico and men's soccer and Canadian soccer, it seems to be the U.S. and Canada, and a bunch of smaller countries that really can't compete year in, year out, every time, every cycle. In Europe it's stronger, and I think it's going to make the best European teams that much more battle-tested. So I think that's a disadvantage to the Americans in the next 20 years of soccer. So Germany and Sweden, Germans were big favorites. They were the number two team in the world. And after France couldn't get it done against the U.S. the other night, folks were saying Germany was probably the best bet to not or to be able to beat the U.S. But Germany struggled against a Swedish team that the U.S. has already beaten in group play. Germans were the heavy favorite. Sweden came from behind. They were down 1-0. They won 2-1 in a stunning upset. It was the first time. I think it was since 99 that the team in the quarters who scored first didn't win and move on to the semis. It's the first major win for Sweden over Germany since approximately 1991. So you got Sweden, Netherlands. You got USA, England. I'm going to give you some picks. Obviously, USA, prohibitive favorite. I think on paper the only team that can really challenge them is the English, who they're playing next. The Dutch seem pretty interesting. Swedish team is the wild card. Swedish team, if they get by the Dutch, do I think they have what it takes to beat the U.S. after losing to the U.S. in group play 2-0 in a game the U.S. really just had to kind of eke out and win? My heart tells me no. I also I think the it'll be interesting to see if the emotional lift and victory that Sweden got over the actual victory 
over Germany is something they can turn around and organize and get ready to play the Netherlands. Because the Netherlands is a solid team. Very, very disciplined, good offense, good set pieces, etc. I kind of think Netherlands is going to eke it out. I think the U.S. is going to eke it out. Very interested to see what England brings. Watching the English play the Americans in Ireland this coming week is going to be really interesting, too. I can't wait to do a pod on that for y'all to hear about what that's like. But anyway, obviously the United States, it's their tournament to lose. I would say gun to my, my old cranium, metaphorically, of course. I think winner of England, U.S. wins the whole thing. I really do. So short and sweet pod there. Um, subscribe to the podcast. For you droid users, Google Play Music. Google Music Play. I always get it wrong. I have an iPhone. I don't know. But we are now on the Google Android spot as a listed podcast, which has been great. iPhones iPhone users, Apple users, use Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a star. Actually, leave five stars. Help people find the show. Tell your friends about it. Filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find show notes, other fun things. Follow us on Instagram at filibusterfreestyle. We will be posting pics from all over Western Europe starting tomorrow morning when we land. Courtesy of American Airlines, unofficial sponsor of the week. Filibuster Freestyle. Be good. Happy Fourth of July, everybody.